said, I go an hour and nine minutes. I know that's right. Should we smacking though? People, I know my intentions, man. That great. I see a two minute uh, movie. I mean, two hour movie. I ain't watching that shit. I ain't gonna lie. Up in there. Only thing I'm doing is uh, Marvel movies, three hours. That's it. And them shits be boring as fuck for some of them. Boring. Nah, bro. Nah, you it's part of some Marvel movies that do not be heads. They don't. They don't. They be you be sitting there shit. like, bro, three hours. You could have cut this thirty minutes, bro. It's Marvel. Nothing. No, bro. They That's make funny. movies for everything. Shit, like Every character got a movie. Everything got a movie. If it's a regular movie, three hours, I'm not watching it. I'm telling you right now. No. Nah, it, it depends, because, like, when I seen Titanic, I had to watch that shit. Okay. That shit is action-packed all three all right. hours. All right. To be honest. The Notebook, action-packed. The Notebook, action the no- the Notebook Avatar, action-packed. Oh, yeah, you're right. But the Titanic, I only watched that just to see people drown. I ain't gonna lie. That's but then after the okay. shit, now I'm not saying like that. Listen, listen. You at first, said it came at out. first, I know. At first, I watched it. And I'm like, I'm gonna see people drown. I was being an asshole. No, I watched it. I actually ended up crying after the movie. Like I watched the whole shit. Like yo, this shit is crazy. You're terrible. Yeah, I was terrible at the moment, but That's like I'm sick. like, oh man, oh this shit really sad. It was some part really in there, like yo, this shit yeah. sad, man. <laughs> did but I, I, like, I did start drown? out I like an asshole, so it changed me though. Terrible. It was a good movie. All right. Hi, you guys. It's your girl, Jazzy J, from the Hot Rod Chit Chat. It's your and boy, K-Dot, from uh, Motivation to Succeed. All right. And today's topic, we'll be talking about hood PTSD, the hood disease. Hi, right, K-Son. How you doing? I'm good today. That's great. I good today. All day. Great. Day. Great to hear. I'm doing great, too. So, um, just to start off, like as an icebreaker, what um, what do you feel like hood PTSD is to your definition? Uh, I mean, I can go by my definition only. Mm-hmm. It's just the trauma that comes from how you grew up in your neighborhood, because it's most neighborhoods is really different. You can see shootings every day. You can see stabbings, anything. Um, just fights, arguments. Yeah. Parents out there, domestic uh, violence, anything. It's just like the trauma that you go through. And most situations, it could be all those things together. But my situation, it was seeing like drugs. It was crazy seeing drugs at a young age, like holding weapons at a young age, being like people showing it off. Like it's it's like a good thing. Yeah. Looking at it now, now, for real, for real, it's like that shit is crazy. And that's really... It's the worst thing in our neighborhoods right now. Yeah. Because some people, you can really look up to somebody at that age and you're trying to model them and all that, but man, you only showing me the side where... The sweet you, shit. Yeah, you, yeah, you ain't showing me the struggle. You know, like, you see, you show me how you get money and all that, okay, but the outcomes of that is going to jail or dying. Yeah. You're not showing me how to read a book or nothing. Like, nobody actually showed me how to read a book, not even my mother. Right. My mother was into the street shit too, so it was it was kind of it was really sad though. Yeah. So imagine me and a thousand other people going through the same shit. Right. How we gonna end up after that? Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I be thinking too. I feel like uh, the even the term of like PTSD by itself, if you don't put hood in front of it, I feel like you just think of it as like a a white collar issue. Like yeah. most people that go to the military, most people that go out and just have to deal with shit that they signed up for, you know what I mean? Those are the traumas that associate with it. But when you put, like, hood disease, hood PTSD, mm-hmm. war zone trauma, that's the shit that's more closely related to our generation and the people that we see on a daily basis. I think, especially being from, like, Buffalo, New York, you just automatically see a great cloud over Buffalo, no matter what the season is. And it's like, it's not really a long period of time where Buffalo is like just doing good and nothing's bad happening. You know what I mean? It's always seems like it's always something that's going to happen. Like no matter how much you try to predict it or not, somebody always getting killed, somebody always getting robbed or police brutality, whatever the case may be. So I think it's definitely got to do a lot with your environment and the way and the conditions of that environment. If the, you know, people in your, like, your mayor and stuff like that, they're not helping the situation, and the police isn't helping mm-hmm. the situation, then it just prolongs that effect, um, keep going on forward. 
So people got to deal with that all the time. Well, honestly, I feel like our marriage don't do nothing for us. Yeah. Um, most of the time when you hear about something going on in Buffalo, they associate it with like Amherst, Chitawaga, mm-hmm. Tonawana, stuff like that. Like, we already know we're the inner city. We're actually, we're Buffalo. Right. East side, west side, it don't matter. But we're so split up where just like everybody else, anybody, any other neighborhood, we're so split up from one side to this side where we don't even look at it as if like the outsiders, like the white people, they really, they really, they prey on us. Honestly. Yeah, definitely. They take our money. Yeah. It don't we matter send our what kids it is. out to yeah. the schools like, and still end up yo, getting into trouble. You know, it's crazy. I went to a Catholic school, you know that. Yeah. And. I mean, escaping reality for like fucking five hours a day. Yeah. It's like it's nothing. I'm still coming back to the same neighborhood with the same people. Yeah. And honestly, the way I felt when I was going to a Catholic school at that time, high school, was it's a competition while the black people there like, oh, you're not really from the hood, you're not really from this. Like, nigga, we come from the same place. I don't know your situation, you don't know mine, but it's still we we still we then are scrapping there for real for real. Yeah, definitely. You know, but then you still come back. Um, hey man, you just feel like some people in your neighborhood feel like you're above them because mm-hmm. you got the opportunity to go to a Catholic school or a charter school. Yeah. And my first option was a public school. Like I didn't, like I really didn't have no options at first. But if it wasn't for sports, that was the way out. Yeah. So really, if you're not gifted with sports in our neighborhood, to be honest, yep, you're or not you're not doing music, you're not doing something like spectacular but I can help the fucking white people honestly yeah. that's how that's how I want to say it you're not helping white people in any type of way making them look good yeah you're just gonna be at the bottom of the barrel that's it yeah I agree I think especially in Buffalo I think um even before the whole rap scene came up mm-hmm. like you know what I mean it's always been a music culture here but like I think but like huge artists like Benedict Butcher and Conway and Griselda and that whole team, you know what I mean? Before they really were blown up to where they are now, where they could be on our screens all the time, it was really just sports. Like, Buffalo was just a sport type of neighborhood and city, and it's like everybody played sports. Even the the killers now, they was all in basketball, in football, Little League, all of that. So I feel like people understand that if, if I don't make it here, I got to go straight to the mm-hmm. streets. If I don't make it in this environment of facilitating through school, well, then it's like nobody pre- prepares any of these young men or women for the aftermath of graduating. You know what I mean? Nobody pre- prepares them that after uh, high school, yeah. it's a lot harder to be a college athlete. And then after college, it's even harder to go overseas or to go to the NFL, go to the NBA and all that other shit. So I think we sell our kids these dreams of being, you know, in sports they whole life where that's all they know, they all they yep. love, and that's all they got to look forward to is, like, they don't tell them the realization of that's just a hobby. That's just one thing to do right now so you don't have to face the true reality of the streets and drugs and all of the other things, uh, the trauma that comes from being in the hood. But it's like we've seen it. It's football coaches that gotten killed. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like this street shit don't matter if you in sports or not. That's just a facade for a lot of kids. And a lot of those kids were traumatized, like your coach being there in one minute and then being gone the next. How do you how do you treat that trauma for those children at that age? Nobody signs up for that. So I think that's really why we brought this um, topic today to you guys, because it's extremely important to understand what trauma is and what it is when it's untreated. And in the hood, especially being in black community, mental health is not a priority in our families. You know, trauma goes untreated. Terminology like hood disease and war zone trauma is stuff that's not brought up. We don't even use a lot of proper English. We use a lot of slang to even cut shit to, to short minimum. So I just feel like a lot of individuals can be exposed to a lot of different things and we just only shed light on the things that make mm-hmm. it to the white people, not the stuff that we have to go through. I mean, I could be honest, like even what you mentioned in like Benny and stuff, I grew up on that same block. Yeah. Like, my granny lived over there for fifty years. Mm-hmm. My all my cousins grew up over there, the whole family. Really. Yep. My family so, from Adams Street, yeah. all that shit, yep. 
So like once I actually seen him, like, I'm gonna skip forward between that before I go like back to like the childhood and all that. Mm -hmm. Like actually when I see it now, it's like yo, he he comes from the same neighborhood I grew up in. Yeah. And if he can make it doing this, I can make it too. So yeah. once I seen him like coming out to like the wood bring and all that, it's like yo, this nigga really done made it. And he fucking walked the same streets I did. Mm-hmm. I would I, I would never tell myself I can't make it or can't do nothing exactly. ever again. Yeah. And it's a lot of people like that. And I got to really understand, like, just because, like, you see somebody that's coming from across the world, different color, different color skin and all that, they can really share the same pain you could, too. Yeah. Don't, don't knock nobody. Don't doubt them. Just, just be you. Do what you want to do. And just believe in yourself, for real, for real. But it always comes down to the models, because I went... I bounced from three different neighborhoods growing up as a child. Mm -hmm. I used to live on Bailey, she lived on Shrek, and I used to live on Montana. So it's like I met so many people, seeing so many things though, like being in the wrong groups, wrong crowds, all that, trying to be grown. As you could say, um, you know, you got the fake uncles and fake aunts, yeah. fake cousins out there. You know how it is, yeah. like and all that. Yeah, everybody. So your family. Yeah, you close to the family, so you're doing certain things because they near you mm -hmm. and you know them. Like, as, as I was just talking about when we first started, like, I seen drugs at a young age, and the first time I saw drugs, I saw crack getting cut up at my table, my, my dinner table, I really sit there and eat on. Mm -hmm. And the only time I seen that, only reason I seen that, because I got suspended from school that day. Mm -hmm. Not even getting an ass whooping, not even getting yelled at, I come home to that shit, come home getting told to, like, don't touch the table. Yeah. Like just playing around. I think they just playing around. Like don't touch the table. Like what you mean? This is my table. I eat on. I'm trying yeah. to eat my noodles. Yeah, That's yeah. What I'm to do. <laughs> I really came home trying to eat my noodles. Like my mom ain't giving no ass whooping. I'm really yeah. sitting there like yo, I'm good. I come home and see all that shit. She's not even there. People, random people in my house, but like I yeah. knew them. But it's really random people. Right. No family members. I'm seeing that shit. It's like wow. At that moment, it was like yo, I can get in trouble. Not like no consequence after that. Yeah. To be honest, I'm really sitting there like, man, I'm supposed to be getting, I'm supposed to get some type of asshole. Yeah. I got in so much trouble after that. Random fights. Like, cussing out teachers. I'm not respecting cussing. no teachers. It wasn't nothing. Yeah. My mom was taking it as a joke and shit. Like, I'm not saying she's a bad mom, but yeah. at the moment, it was some bullshit going on. Yeah. I got sent to my grandmother. The she fucking neighborhood. Bad. The fucking neighborhood was worse. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Granny, she's a good grandmother. She raised all her kids, all her great-grandkids. Everything. But the it don't matter. Was just... Neighborhood was just worse. Yeah. So it was like I bounced over there. Got I met, yeah. I met so many people over there. It's like, okay, this shit. I'm already used to this. Right. We out here. Do whatever <laughs> I want to do. Yep. You know, you know, grandmas, they will chase you around like your mom and yeah, it's like yell at you. They're they gonna send the house, they're gonna lay the law down. You better be yeah. in that house at the third time. All right, grandma, I ain't coming to the house. I ain't gonna lie to you. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna say okay. I'm gonna do all this. I'm gonna respect you. But my days, I feel like I don't come in the house. I ain't coming to the house. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna lie to you. Maybe days say get in, get in for the streetlights coming. I had an older brother out there. Yeah. So I would use my excuses. I'm gonna go look for my brother. Like yeah, mm -hmm. I'm gonna go find him. Be out there all night. And it's like he down there chilling. He's not really into nothing. He mm -hmm. just really chilling. But I, I met so many older people. So I'm just used to like hanging with older people now. That's all I knew. Yeah. Anybody younger than me, I feel like I'm teaching them a lesson. And when it comes to that, I really do teach them a lesson. Somehow, I don't know. I don't do it purposely. But I've always been around older people to the point where they either teach me something or I'm just fucking following what they was doing. Yeah. So, like, I mean, like, everybody want to be from the hood, honestly. But that shit is not, that shit is not to be. where you want to be at. Yeah, I feel like. Yeah, like I think the 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 shit that I've seen that amazes me the most is like the people that that were fortunate enough to not be born in the mm -hmm. hood, but might have to go to school close to the hood because they got kicked out of a school type shit. You know what I mean? But then it's like they're coming to our school, our public schools, and our shoes. But you're not from here. You don't live around here. You don't nothing. And you know it's not like down south where whatever school you go to, it got to be where you're from because you got to get a bus. Yeah. We could go to schools around the town because we Anywhere. just catch the bus everywhere. So. I think, especially in New York State, you have a lot more liberty to do what you want because tra transportation is so easily where you can get on a bus, you can call an Uber, you can da 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 da. And those kids who are fortunate not to be born here, they're born in Amherst or Kenmore or exactly. wherever else they're from, they come in and they have this fetish with like 
wanting to be hood and wanting to be and it's like if you knew the half of it like, like if you really been through this you thing, don't want that bro nobody you, whoever was in yo, the hood wants to go back to the hood making it out listen if you wake up the gunshots every fucking morning every you don't night, know if it's gunshots or fireworks exactly. you don't know nothing having nothing. people raid your house and having cops banging on your door all the type of night having to hide shit and throw shit exactly. like panic that sense of panic and Always being on your P's and Q's, that is nothing by chance. That's nothing you want to be proud of. That's nothing you want to... That's not excitement, like... It's crazy. You got having to duck cops and stuff, driving around with no license, all type of shit, like, just to make sure that you getting... Your family's fed. Make sure that you you and your niggas is good so y'all don't get this, that, and a third. You feel me? Nobody want to be out here doing drive-bys and doing hits on motherfuckers, like... That shit is not cool, and that shit does a wear and tear on your soul, most importantly. Like, every every action you make on here, willingly knowing that it's a bad decision is a tarnish to your soul. So, we just out here trying to survive, but also trying to maintain. Exactly. And, and not be a certain way, make it look good for y'all. And y'all want to come here and, and fuck with shit that y'all ain't got no business to. Like, at a young age, I'm not gonna lie. I used to sneak people in the house, like my mom, friends, and all that. You mm-hmm. know, family, friends. They run from the cops. I open the back door. Yeah. Boom. Get them in there. In the I'm hiding them. Yep. So it'd be like it was crazy because uh, I, um, what was it? July. July I went to uh, ATL, and I got a call from somebody that watched me grow up. He in jail right now. Serving. I think he served like 25 to life from a murder or some shit. Yeah. I, I honestly, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna say I don't know him. But if I think back to it, I do know him. Like every time he say some shit, like yeah. and explain the situation, like I know who he is. But it's yeah. like right now when he be saying this shit, be looking like yo, like you just open the back door for me and shit. I used to like saying shit. I used to clap niggas all like used to be police coming to me, open the back door and shit, hide me and all like that's my little nigga. Like I fuck with yeah. you always. Like I got you and all that. I'm looking like yo. My brother locked up right now. Yep. And that, that moment, shit is sick, that shit bro. Up. And it's, it's crazy because it's like. You really never know. You really don't know. It could be anybody. Like, it's been times when me and my friends did dickhead shit. Then, you know, some real dickhead shit. Cops pull up, and we trying to hide weapon. Like, you know what I mean? It's not... That shit is not no joke. It's not a game. Fear for your life and and your liberty to live your life is not a game at all. And I think um, a lot of people that don't have to experience that, that can still go home back to their regular houses... They don't understand what such a liberty it is to make it home safe. Like, just to be okay. Make sure that you ain't got to, you feel me? Like, my brother in jail right now fight for his life. Mm-hmm. I done had plenty of people that done died. My brother got killed. You feel me? All my friends, my best friend got killed. All type of shit. My cousin got killed right before my birthday. So it's like, not even being 25 and having the 25 or more people on a list of people you know that's dead. Like, just from gang violence. That's not even people from natural causes, corona, none of that. Just the streets taking niggas' lives, like like poker games. Like this shit is crazy. And I think until you understand the systematic approach and like how it's changed people, it's not just a habit, it's not just a thug thing, it's not just a gang thing. It's a it's a systematic oppressive tactic to keep a cycle of people in a chain and in a loop. And have to keep enduring that same trauma and that hurt and go and treat it. it. It's really recidivism of the streets, like not just of the mass incarceration and stuff like that, but it's the same thing in the streets. This nigga who want to get out the streets all the time, but they don't know nothing else. They don't have no license. They don't got credits to be a, a get a job. They don't have an, a degree or nothing like that. All they know is go sell some work and get some money real fast so they can pay their life bill, right? And I think people really take the liberty of being able to even be a free walking citizen for granted. So my question to you is, um, have you ever discussed any of your experiences or your traumatic experiences with any adults or professionals? Um, I discuss them a lot. I'm not going to say adults, but it's what people that I grew up with Mm -hmm. or just random people that want to know me. And like how I operate. Like sometimes I will be staying office with a lot of people because yeah. I'd have met people where it's like, oh, you got a uh, hidden agenda. You want something from me, you might use me. And honestly, I remember being in school. Uh, I got a cousin, older cousin. Mm-hmm. He was 
It's like my brother. I could say it like that. We all grew up in the same house. Like my brother. So he got shot when I was in school. I feel like I, I think I was in sixth grade or seventh. Mm-hmm. Got shot in the head by his best friend over a female. So I'm getting calls in school like uh, he just got shot and all that. Like I'm in school. Like why do I need to know that? I'm yeah. trying to learn and I'm getting that type of news and I got to sit there like, trying to like yep. think of it like. I hope you're okay the whole day. Like, it's not even like, school didn't even start yet. It's like nine o'clock in the morning. And I'm really sitting there like the whole day. Like, is he all right? My people's picking up from school and all that. They're going to the hospital and stuff. You're just sitting there like, damn, you don't know if you're about to die or none of that. So, yeah. but then you hear stuff like that. It's like, it's your best friend. It's like the jealousy part. Yeah. Ever since then, I'm not going to lie. Ever since then, it was like, I'm not cool on friends. Yeah. It was like that. He survived and all that, but it was like, I'm not cool on friends after that. Yeah. But if I could see this happen to somebody real close to me and somebody I actually know that shot him, yeah. I seen him outside dancing with his fucking mom and all that, dancing, just laughing, joking, and you shoot him yeah. over a female that you don't even know. Just because you feel a certain type of way, your, your, your ego is hurt, your pride yeah. destroyed. Like, you could have killed that man for some, like, some bullshit. So ever since then, I've really just been sitting there like, man. I don't care about nan and I'm friend. And that leads me to my next point about survivor's remorse, which is a a big part in hood PTSD, which is also known as like survivor's guilt, Mm -hmm. which is for those who are listening, um, it occurs when a person has feelings of guilt because they survived a life-threatening situation that others did not. Um, And young adults, they're unnoticed, they're noticed by unmotivated to go to school or participate and concentrate in school. So they have frequent nightmares, flashbacks, unintentional, unintentional hypervigilance, and sometimes severe detachment. So the CDC claims that 30% of urban youth suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder. Why do you think people continue to raise their children in impoverished and high-crime urban environments? They can't get out of it. Mm-hmm. Strictly because, it's not because the mindset, um, I mean, it's not, I'm not saying like they really can't get out of it. It's the mindset. Certain things, like with the mothers, living on child support the ssi checks all that type of stuff like that they get money from the government yeah so why would you even leave you getting like the rent is so cheap here it's and stuff like like you're not you, you're not gonna sit there as a, as a single mother and be like i'm not gonna take this 14 dollars rent right. and move to like the fucking suburbs where it's a thousand dollars a month yeah. you're not gonna do that that's that's not smart i wouldn't even do that if i was <laughs> like come on i'm living right now right we just come out of college no like, i'm not where yeah. it was a thousand dollars a month versus fourteen dollars yeah and all i gotta do like i don't gotta do nothing really so it's like stuff like that it's stuff that's really shackling people down where it comes down to the money and if you ain't got your money right you ain't moving nowhere yeah so that's why we all grow up here yeah and i think what the survivors think uh the survivors remorse it's like the constant reminder in your back of your head, like, mm-hmm. it could have been me, or it should have been me, or I wish it was me instead, like, you had more to go, you know what I mean? Even if you weren't there personally yeah. with the person when it happened, it's just the after fact of, like, damn, I was just with you, like, I would have been, it could have been me with you together, both of us, you feel me? So I think when parents... They're they're not choosing to keep their children in these environments. They they can't move from these environments. A lot of people gotta understand it's not just a black family issue. Black families are broken down into different types of families. You got black children living with their grandparents, you got black children living with their aunts and uncles, black children living with their step parents. A lot of people don't have their biological parents in their home. So a lot of their biological parents aren't even alive. And if they are alive, they're sometimes it's 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 circumstantial for the most part. But regardless, the black community is so broken down into different things, they don't know. And even if they were to move you out of your neighborhood, who's to say that you won't go back? Mm-hmm. You can do and drink and take a horse to water, you can't make them drink, eat, or shit. So like I think the idea of that that a lot of outsiders look and then have is like, well, y'all choosing to live there. Nobody's choosing to live anywhere. That's what's financially stable for me. That's where my children are the most comfortable and with the circumstances at hand. But it's also, that's just where I'm from. I don't have nowhere else to go. I go somewhere else, I don't have a car. I take the bus, I take this, this, that, I catch Uber. I can't move all my shit in an Uber. 
I can't move on my, you feel me? I don't got a license. I can't go get a car. And if I do go get a car, I damn near got points on my shit already because I've been driving without a license before that. So it's like, they ain't going to give me the shit if I ask for it anyways. So I think the outside looking in has to really understand that the it's deeper than just on the surface. It's a lot of economic status uh, disadvantagements that people have to deal with. It's a lot of poverty problems that people have to deal with. But it's a lot of networking problems. They don't even know who to go to in the first place if they're going to move. Like, if I'm going to move, they don't know they got to hit up a realtor or hit up this, this, that, or third. They looking for a rab or somebody that mm-hmm. just got a house with a for sale sign. And hopefully, they let me in here with my people. You know what I mean? So, I think the country needs to realize that there's an issue in the black community that is gone unresolved with just openness and security. Like, a lot of people aren't open to change. A lot of people aren't open to suggestions or open to speak on to other people. And they're not secure enough to do so. They're not secure enough to move. They're not secure enough to even go talk to strangers because they don't know who you know. You could say, oh, I got this guy, da 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 and that could be somebody's op. You feel me? That could... Now somebody know where your head is at. So it's so much more to do with this shit than at the surface, so much deeper. Um, since you're saying that, I was riding yesterday. Mm-hmm. I'm coming up from work and all that. Had a late shift. And I'm thinking, like, I'm driving. I was on Fillmore at the corner. Boom. It's a, it's a church right here on my left side. My right side. It's a golden nugget. It's a bar going up it's another it's a liquor store right there but then behind us is a bank and all that type of stuff mm-hmm. i'm thinking like yo if you look at all that type of stuff you look at any neighborhood it's the same thing yeah it's a liquor store it's a church some type of bank something that's taking your money cash taking places anything mm-hmm. i always felt like they trying to juice us out our money like we're not really smart when it comes to money Mm-mm. like Honestly, when we got we these like checks and all that, yeah, when we when we get a lot of money, we be like, damn, I'm trying to spend all this shit. Yeah. I'm trying to get everything I wanted. Yeah. So what, what's what's available to us? The mall, stuff like that. You got the liquor store. You gotta go there. You want to get a bottle, celebrate. What yeah. the fuck you celebrating for? Nigga, I'm alive. Exactly. But yeah. then after all them shit you're doing, you want to go to church. Church is juicing us too. Mm-hmm. The pastor, I didn't see so many place. pastors. I'm not gonna say I'm not against the church or none of that because I was in the church. At a point in time, yeah, I was an usher and all that. But as growing up, I seen my grandmother throwing money into the church, like for some shit that you don't need. Yeah, and I, yeah, not even to cut you off, but I think with that, the church, the black church especially, yeah. I think has a lot to do with That's in a, a negative. It's, it's a status symbol. symbol, especially a lot of the black church. Think about it. Uh, What's his name? Uh, what's the big reference? Um, TD Jakes. Yeah. I've never seen that man a day in my life. He's on every TV show, making guest stars appearances. You know what I mean? He got all of these da 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 da. How? Where's his? That's what I'm saying. Like, it's one thing you can preach about the word of God, but you can do that as a free man. Right, ain't no actions. There's no actions. I've never seen you on the face of any Black Lives Matter yeah, movement. I've I never, never seen you in the face of police brutality. Listen, I've never seen you in, like... Social reform, nothing. None of the movements you just named, he's not in, like... Nothing. You're not taking action at all. But if we're talking about homophobia, you have something to oh, say. If we're talking about abortion, you have something to say. If we're talking about gang-on-gang violence, you have something to say. If you're talking about the Word of God in and in a man-made Bible, you have something to say. So... For me, that angers me because it's just like, yo, you are the black leaders. The black pulpit mm-hmm. is really the center of the black family. But after the black family, it's the black church. And if you, your black church isn't a stable foundation that's not cultivating and changing your community, there's never going to be anything. You could talk all of this about what them kids are doing in the streets, but if you're not in the streets doing cleanup drives and doing drives to, to sweep the streets of drugs and this, that, and third, and turning guns and da 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 then you're not you're part of the problem as well because we can talk about it but who really about to be about it like who's gonna actually take the initiative to to go out there and say you you got more to live for you could come work for me you could work at the church and pick up garbage or something give these niggas something to live for they don't have nothing else what i'm gonna go to the streets 
I'm gonna leave the streets to do what? To work at a job so a nigga come clap me at my job mm-hmm. on my birthday? Like, I can't go live on my birthday. That's some wicked and that shit. Really just happened our time, I bro. know. He got killed on his birthday. That's crazy. That's wicked shit. Like, people can't even be festive in their own comfort of their own space without having to fear their life. Not even, you feel me? Didn't even get to live last in his birthday. How does that look in the obituary from the day you was born to the day you died being the same day? That shit don't even sound right. Every day, every day I walk in the house, I'm not even gonna lie. I'm not in the streets. I done did some fuck shit, some foul shit. Of course, I know some come back on me, but still, like, I get in the house, as soon as I lock the door, boom. I swear to God, I pray right at that door. Like, I'm, I thank God I'm in the house right now. Mm-hmm. And it be like, it, it just hit me, like, even saying that because it's really sad. Like, Every time I come home from work, I feel like something's gonna happen. Like mm-hmm. I stay in my car for a minute, then I get out. Like boom, I gotta check my surroundings. Like I just, I just want to get in the house, man. That's yeah. it. I don't go to no parties. I don't want to be around no gatherings. Nothing. Yeah. I've been stopped that shit from being like in a youth, like being a teenager and all that. Of course, I want to be partying and all that. Want my face be shown? Like nah, all that stuff. I don't want to do nothing. Yeah. Honestly, I'd rather sit in the house, play my game, go to work. I do stuff online. I do my my little stockish things, all like I try to do other stuff just to get money and get up out where I'm at right now. Yeah. That's it. And like I made promises to my mother and my, my grandmothers. Like luckily they still alive. My grandmother, my great grandmother, and my other great great grandmother on my other side. So like that's really a blessing. I know so yeah. many people where they either died before their grandmother, their moms died, so they gotta grow up with their dad, their dad don't do shit. Yeah. You gotta live with your uncle or something like that, live with your aunt. They out partying every fucking week, every day probably. Yeah. It's like in our neighborhood, there's so much stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead. Oh, in our neighborhood, there's so much stuff where we always compare our lives in the hood. Yeah. Where it'd be like, all Definitely. right, it'd be like, damn, you got your moms and shit. Like, oh, you good? Got both your mom and dad? Like, you good? Like, I don't have, I've never been around my dad, bro. Yeah. I always wanted to. Like, I feel like that's really, I'm not going to say that's really my problem, but I feel like if I had my dad in my life, I'd be a totally different a Totally dude, different but, person. Well, I look at it now, like, I really didn't made it so far without my dad. And I expressed that so many times and actually met him I, in the summer and shit. Like, he not doing good. He dying and shit, yeah. honestly. And it's, it's not the same. Yeah. Like, I met you. Okay, I met you for closure because my mom told me you about to die and shit. I'm going to meet you. All right, I got to come see you and all and that. I but after I seen him once or twice, it was like the feeling not there. I don't need you. I done did everything on my own. You have no purpose in my life. I'm going to make my peace and we good. Yeah. Since this day, and I don't call sad, him. Don't call that's him. the sad truth about it, too. I feel like like people don't understand that broken family syndrome really, yeah. really channels a lot of different things in children. You feel me? Even if your father was there, but your mother was regardless of your father died, your mother died, whatever, mm-hmm. not having two parents in the home to, to guide you. Because it's certain shit, you know, one parent might not get the other might, neither might get. That's why you got grandparents. But not having that structure of a close family really creates a lone wolf type of mentality mm-hmm. and creates a survival instinct where you don't feel like you need loyalty to anybody because nobody has taught you the dynamics of having that structure, of having people to support you, having people to have your back, having people to build a diagram where you can have something to lean on, like, yeah, my parents do this for me. Yeah. Just in case if I'm not good, I got my parents to lean back on. A lot of people don't have that. It's like, if I'm not good, I'm not good, nigga. I don't got shit. It's just me. It's nobody else helping me. It's nobody else even trying to help me. So I think that's something we take for granted as children. A lot of people always make the comments like, oh, you got mommy, daddy money. Yeah, you got so you could, uh, Yeah. Your mom no. you up. And, like, and like, just, say you, like, say you can't pay rent for like a few months and yeah. you get paid out, you go back to your mom's house. Like, it's not wrong with that. It's nothing wrong with that. I'm not going to lie. You just got somebody that was stable like, enough. When Corona hit, I had bounced around a lot. I was living with my grandfather. Then mm-hmm. I went to live with my grandmother. Then I moved back to my grandfather. Then went to my mom's house. Because I'm just not comfortable not being by myself. I've learned to be by myself so long. It's hard not to be by myself, but regardless, me having even them to be able to even be well enough, insane enough to take me is just a blessing. Cause a lot of people, I don't, I lost my dad when I was seven. Mm-hmm. You feel me? So, and my older brothers never took it well, still never healed from it. 
I'm really the how like the family member that kept everything together. So from him and everybody else afterwards, it's just been trauma after trauma after trauma and coping with it on a daily basis, never really dealing with it or speaking on it, more so just learning to not cry anymore, learning that this day is just, you know what I mean, it's just another day to everybody else, and even if it means something to you, everybody else not going to feel that, everybody not going to pat your back and be like, yo, Jay, is you good, da 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 you got to be strong for yourself, so I think that trains me a lot to where I can let people go so fast, and I can just not give a fuck, yeah. and I had to really relearn how to deal with people and look, deal with friends. Like, I will let people go so bad because it's like, well, what am I keeping you around for? Oh, because I'm so used to people leaving. Like, you gonna, we either gonna die. Leave one day or you just or, die. Or you gonna leave me anyway. So it's no point in me keeping you around for what? Like, I could, um, honestly, day back to the day, my uh, cousin died, my older cousin, that I call my brother all the time. Mm-hmm. Everybody know, like, People see me and all that, they be thinking like, oh, them your brothers and all that. Cause uh, they was wild. They were some wild niggas. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. I done did my fair share and all that, but not nothing like them. So they see me like, yo, you good? Like the day my brother died, it was like, people would text me like, yo, you good? You heard what happened? Like, of course I know what happened. We just, came, we, we, we just, yeah, we just came from fucking out of town. We came yeah. from out of town. He's the only person in the family that stayed in Buffalo. Got wow. set up by a little white joint uh, over on the street and all that and shit. Got killed. We on the news and all that. Like, we not thinking it's him, but we seen the truck. So we was thinking like the whole ride back home. We thinking like that might be him, that might not. But we yeah. just throwing it away, tossing it to the side. Like that's not him. He good. We know what he get into. So we yeah. not, we're not going to just say it's him. We gonna wait till we get back, check with him. So exactly when we pull up to the house, people calling me, texting me like, "Yo, bro, you good?" And I'm saying like, "What you mean? Am I good?" Like, like "Yo, your brother just got shot and killed." Like, "What you mean?" I'm thinking like, "Nah." Like, I, I pushed it off for a whole two days. I yeah. said, nah, that ain't, that ain't him. Like, people already know what he was on. So I'm like, nah, that's that's not him. So people see me in school, like, that next weekend. I'm yeah. like, yo, bro, you good? Like, come on, Fucking like, you with good? Your head. Yeah, because they, they keep hitting me like, yo, you good? I'm just thinking, like, the whole time, like, yo, it's crazy. But I, when I got in my room, like, the, the next day out of school, I just sat there like, wow. That shit crazy. That's really him. Like it don't matter if you got your gun. I'm telling people all the time. It don't it matter. matter. No, it don't matter no, if you got a gun on you every no day. On that shit do not matter. There's people that got killed by stray bullets. No. People that just got killed and fucking trying to break situations up. That shit don't matter. I swear to God. So I'm telling people. I see people all the time with guns and all that. Like it don't matter. I don't care what you got. Guns is gonna be made. That's what it is. Exactly. We, got, we got a right to bear arms and all that. So it don't matter. But it's just certain situations you gotta put yourself like you gotta think that's it but that situation it was like damn it, everything mm-hmm. he did it caught up to him so I, I made peace with it but, but it's, you, it's, you it's, never it's gonna still, still gonna hit me like yeah. like I didn't lost a I lost a close friend at the age of 13 not mm-hmm. even I wasn't 13 I was 9 he was 13 that was one of my close friends me and my brother's close friends actual brother yeah. and we sat in a, we sat in the kitchen we was playing the game and all that. They gave us a call. They called my grandma saying like, yeah, so-and-so just died. We sitting there playing the game. We laughing it off like, nah, he good. Like, we knew he was a cool-ass dude. He don't really do shit. He was a cool-ass dude. So we thinking like, nah, he good. We gonna see him tomorrow. Yeah. Over the same night, the same night we got in the room because me and my brother sleep in the same room. There's three beds in that room at my granny house. Sat there, got another call. He the only person with a phone. I have a phone at the time. Yeah. Somebody called him. One of his close friends was telling him, boom, like, so-so just died. He told me, like, so-so just died. We talking to him on the phone. And it just hit us. We sitting there crying. Like, that's the first time I cried in my brother's arms ever. I never cried in another man's arms ever in my life, yo. It's only two times I can count right now. And it's like, yo, we sat there like, yo, this is something we hang with every single day. Play football, go to the store with, sit there on the porch, just talking about everything. My granddad cussing at him. Mm-hmm. We just getting into it. We just sitting there laughing, joking. It's like, man, and to hear somebody like die like that, and the way he just went out was like, fuck, that shit is, that shit hurt you at that young age, and you gotta go to school. But yeah. then I always tell people at that at that age, like, even now, if somebody die, I'm not gonna lie, it's out of sight of mine. You could really sit there and feel like somebody gonna, all right, you die that that same day, not gonna really think about them. Like, it, I put people in the back of my mind. It's like, all right, I'm sad and all that, but I still got to live my life. 
Yeah. I can't lie. I done told I done told another one of my close friends at the age of fucking eighteen. I sat there and told them the same exact thing. I done lost friends younger than you, bro. Yeah. I said, once you go, I'm not gonna lie to you. I said, I'm not gonna lie to you. It's gonna be people that's not gonna care about you. They gonna act like they care about you though. Yeah. I said, even me, I kept it a buck. He died the next week. Wow. And that shit hurt so much. It's like, yo, I really had the crazy conversation with you. And it's like, yo, you like it's not like it's 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 more the part like well, you, you just left me. Mm. It's not where you just die, it's like you just left me. Because mm. when you meet somebody like that and you know them, family or not, like it's always a time where you meet them and it's it's a certain week or a certain day you talk to them a lot. And they just gone. Yep. That's so how that it was for hurting. me when my brother died. That shit hurt? Yeah, that shit was... That shit was traumatizing off the fact because, like, type of person my brother was, he was really in and out. Like, he wasn't around to be for the bullshit. Mm -hmm. And um, when I had seen him, he had just came off, like, a huge hiatus where he had finally got his social media back and everything. And he hit me up out of nowhere and was just like, oh, what's your number? And then FaceTime me, we talking. Then a week later, a couple weeks later, a couple months later, he been, we been talking, sending me his music and stuff. And then we meet up, go out to eat. And that was the last time I seen him. We had so much fun just talking, catching up. And then the next call I get, he's dead. Like, And that shit, I, it, it took a lot for me because the time period, it was a lot going on, personal issues in my life. Whereas, like, just seeing him was a breath of fresh air because it was like, damn, I don't, I, I feel good about something. Like, I don't have to think about what I've been going through. And I think it took a lot for me to even deal with that situation. I lost a lot of friends after that. I lost a lot of people in my life. I stopped fucking with a lot of people. I started beefing with a lot of people. But I also, I, my mentality changed on death ever since then. And I just always thought, like, People make their rounds before they go. Mm -hmm. People, they soul tell them where to go before they even exit this earth. And I think that's when I really started becoming extremely spiritual and less religious because I understood that it didn't matter who you are, where you are, when God calls you home, it's time to go. So I started having that like mentality like, we still here because we still haven't finished what we was put on this earth to do. And it's not until we finish that, that we our soul starts telling us what to do instead of us telling it. So from that point on to now, I just think of death as like a transition thing and not a final thing, even though it is, you know, it hurts and it's traumatic and it really puts a tear on, and wear and tear on you. I just try to think of it in a more positive light. It's like a see you later then uh you're gone because mm -hmm. it's so especially i think when you're when you're a black woman and you have so much love for like black men and just the you already know how hard it is to be here but just to have your life stolen away from you is such another traumatic thing because then you think of like if i was a mother how am i supposed to bring kids into this if i'm a father how am i supposed to bring kids into this how am i the world doesn't care about what you look like or who you are, who you hang yeah. with. Them bullets don't got no names on them. So you could go regardless if you meant to or if you was just wrong time, wrong places. Girl got killed at my cousin's birthday party. We was sitting there and she got killed, fight break out, shots getting let off, and the girl just get killed and left in the middle of the street. And Same thing. Before you even finish that, I'm not gonna I'm gonna tell you a truth. Like, yo, it don't matter. It's not really the hood violence and all that. Not yeah. even the fucking the bullets and all that. People die from drug overdoses. Yeah. People die from domestic disputes and all that. Like all of that shit. You can't. I'm not gonna say like you can't just mind your business. Some people just got a pure soul where they gonna help. Some people going through mad shit where they gonna take pills. They gonna do this. They gonna yeah. do all that. Drink lean. They gonna fucking smoke anything. They gonna drink. But sometimes you can get drugged. Yeah. Anything you have some bad like prescription and sexual all that you can take assault. too many sexual assault is really bad like in our neighborhood yeah that shit is just brushed by molestation everything rape like people don't really believe women when they say they got raped yeah and to be honest I'm not gonna lie when I was growing up I thought that shit was some bullshit yeah I'm not gonna lie but growing up like 
getting older, it's like, nah, I didn't see this shit happen. Didn't happen to so many people around me. It's like, nah, this shit is not yeah. no bullshit. When somebody say think, something, believe it, please. Yep, I think rape and the sexual assault is not just a feminine thing. Yeah, it's a, it, 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 it happens yeah. to anyone. Men happen, women, drunk, children, high. everything. If hey. you are saying no or if you're not able to speak for yourself, then you're not able to speak for yourself. That's just yep. really that. Like you could be taken advantage of. Like yep, I, um, I learned I learned in college, my sophomore year in college, um, we had three football meetings a year. It was some bullshit. We thinking we ain't trying to go to fuck. We trying to play football, man. Yeah. We trying to listen to no bullshit. But they were talking about sexual assault. And the whole time they was talking about sexual assault was more on men, but then ended up with women. Like with women it was like not catcalling. It's yeah. a lot of things. Like I don't, I don't catcall women. Like yo, like it was good and all that. No, I respect you. I'll rip. I respect you. Yeah. I have sisters. I have a mother. I have a grandmother and all that. But with the men and all that, when he was saying the stuff, it was like you can get real drunk at a party and get taken advantage of. Yeah. Like, it was like damn. We used to take that shit as a joke. I'm not gonna lie. Like niggas can't get raped. None of that. But once he heard it, it was like nah. We ain't trying to go like this. So yeah. any party we go to, I look out after my roommate, my my boys, anybody on the team, anybody there that's that's drunk as fuck. I'm sitting there like nah, bro. You gotta get up out of here or something. We gonna take you back to your dorm. Like where you at? Like we gotta take you somewhere. I'm not. I'm not yeah. letting nobody around me that's gonna be extra drunk. Out of the influence, but I know the signs and all that, and I'm gonna tell people around me like nah, we gotta help this person. I'm not gonna just like brush it off. Yeah. Boom. And I think. Two, another thing with sexual assault is the bystander uh, has a part in it, too. Like, if you see something, say something, yeah. or at least take action in something. If you don't know how to properly speak on something because you feel like it's not your business, mm-hmm. well, then help the person out themselves. Be like, you know, she's drunk. This is my friend. Even if you got to lie. That's it. You know, just, just, to, just to be there for somebody because you never know. At the end of the day, that's somebody's child regardless. And nobody should have to be able to be done to do something that they're not conscious or fully able to consent to. So I think that's another thing. A lot of men and a lot of men have to understand black men as well. Like when it comes to sexual assault, no means no. Doesn't mean yes or maybe it doesn't mean nothing. You got to be 100 percent sure before you do all of that taking condoms off while you're having sex with somebody is rape. rape. You feel me? Pressuring somebody just because they saying, oh, it hurt. No, you Mm -hmm. have to stop. You have to completely stop, remove yourself from the situation because it's already bad enough that black men are targeted and already, Mm -hmm. you feel me, lied on already. You can be lied on by all the time, but it's like, it's worse when you lied on and you still had a chance to make it better. Like, you could have stopped, but you didn't choose to. But because she stopped saying stop, mm-hmm. you felt like that was okay. Like, it was yes. Like, no. No means no. Yes means yes. And stop means stop. Yeah, I definitely got to a point where um, I've heard so many cases and all that where if I hear no at all, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I express that to so many friends and all that. Like, yo. Like, and people, like, even my friends saluted me like that. Like, because they didn't know I was on that type of stuff either. Because some people, they friends be like, okay my mans if you do something like that i might press it off to the side but like no nah, yeah. i just press that to so many friends they'd be like yo i ain't even know you was like that like like slap me up and all that shit hug me like yeah that shit is really serious like some men not gonna really sit there and be like yo you gotta not do this not do that yeah but once i hear no i don't care who you is you can be my girlfriend or anything like if you say no i'm gonna stop i don't care if it's just like if it don't feel like it's like both sided i gotta stop like yeah it's like it's not even like to the point where i got sisters and a mother but it's like like at a certain time, yeah, it's, it's don't, it don't feel right. Yeah. If it don't feel right, I'm not doing it yeah. at all. So it's I don't know. I'm not going to say I don't know how people do it. It's like, it's fucked up. Yeah. It's fucked up when people say it and they they just sit there, they get accused of it and they get off. Because it's like, come on now. If somebody telling you some type of stuff where you didn't feel like you was comfortable, they tell you the person who you didn't feel comfortable with, like, why you don't believe them? Yeah. But then again, other side though, some people do be like, okay, lying. yeah, some people do be lying. So it's like it's harder to when they be lying, but still, like I'm not gonna tell, I'm not gonna tell nobody where it's like, okay, I ain't. Wanna but I think the responsibility comes from both parties. I think, um, you know, for men, it's responsible to make sure that there is consent there, yeah. asking questions and 
being communicative mm. in anybody, in any relationship, whether it's a relationship or a friendship, just yeah. being communicative and having consent to even hug or touch or anything mm. to anyone is something that should be common decency, especially with all this corona shit. Like, you don't know what the fuck people got going on. So, you feel me? Smoke the people once, all type of shit. You just gotta be mindful because there's a lot of shit going on out here. People do a lot of different weird ass shit. And I think for women, it's being communicative and having, you know what I mean, the courage to say something. You feel me? A lot no, of women. Not even that. You can't. You can't split it a woman because people go. No, but I think. I no, think I'm just saying. Just but, being a woman, yeah. I feel like there's been plenty of times as a woman, if where I allowed certain shit to happen because I felt mm-hmm. like that's what they wanted. Not that I was comfortable mm-hmm. with it, but as a friend or as a partner or sexual partner or whatever I allowed shit to go on because I know that it made them happy and it's like you can't do that as a person period but especially as women black women are already unheard as well as much as it is now so we don't speak up when we feel uncomfortable or speak up when something doesn't feel okay or safe or anything then then we have a responsibility to do that as well I think we can't just make it solely on one thing because like you said, a lot of people, when they go into case, that's why they don't report cases of rape and sexual assault, because they'll be like, well, I didn't tell them no, but I was like, it hurt, but I was like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's unfortunate like that, but you gotta be vigilant, you have to be articulate into what is going on. You gotta speak up and say something on both parties. So. Yeah. To be truthful, um, with the, our community, I can't speak on our community, I don't know, but no white people, none of that, no Hispanics, nothing. <laughs> yeah. I could just say, like, with black women and black men, they always think, like, if the sex is painful, it's good. Mm-hmm. Honestly, if you tell me no at all, this is it's done for. I already expressed that. Mm-hmm. But still, it's certain people where you, you just said, like, you're only going to do it if they feel comfortable with it and you know they like it. Yeah. I don't like that at all. If you feel like I like it and you don't like it, I don't want it. Yeah, and it's not like just with sex anything it's like it could be conversation it could be anything it could be just physical touch it could be a hug or something like if i know that yeah. like like all rip when i when i meet women and all like i don't i don't just hug them i don't try to touch them none of that if i feel like we had a certain stage where we can touch each other and all that i slap you up boom first off <laughs> right some, some women will be out here like why you slap me up hug yeah. me and all that it's like you feel comfortable like, okay, with like, I'm gonna hug you, but yeah. every single time, I'm not gonna be sitting there like, I'm gonna hug you, touch you, you know, like, like, nah, I don't like that. I don't like to me I, personally, if, I, if you don't feel like you comfortable, I'm not comfortable. Yeah, that's it. And there's a lot of people don't feel like that. Some people want to take advantage, and I know we, we stronger people, men are stronger, like, yeah, genetics. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, smarter and all that, but we're stronger and all that. Mm-hmm. But it's been cases where people that came to me. Like, I had a younger sister saying she got raped. She didn't really get raped. She got caught in there fucking, like, cheating and all that. And it, I was about to go crazy. Yeah. They're about to kill somebody over that shit. And I was yeah. like, damn, you done fucking lied to me out of yeah. all people. I'm your brother. Like, yeah. come on, you done lied to me out of all people. I'm about to do this shit. I could have went, like, I could have been down, like, yeah. done for. You've been still living your life. Him, him still living his life. Exactly. You and your boyfriend. It's like, it was so, it was like the fucked up moment where it was like, Keep it truthful. Like, keep it 100 with me, please. Yeah. And that was like the opening opening moment. It was like, come on. And I think just to tie it back to her PTSD, like, that's a a big issue. A lot of people who are suffering from traumatic events and trauma and dealing with that, they're not expressing Mm -hmm. that. So a lot of people have to deal with a lot of vigilant and hyper sensitivity around a lot of shit because nobody knows what's going on. And it's like, you don't have to tell me your business. But tell me when you're uncomfortable. Tell me if something I'm saying or something I'm doing is making you uncomfortable. Tell me if I need to switch up how I'm moving. You feel me? Just so I can, you feel me? And that's another thing, like, to do with the LGBT community. They're just asking for certain civil shit to be respected as the people. And people don't want to respect their pronouns or respect their space or their creativity. So I think as a black community and you know like you said we can only speak on our community i think we have to take serious onto people's mm-hmm. mental health their situational health and the circumstantial and also the sexuality exactly too. sexuality everything because a lot of men have you know like we always say men can't deal with their feelings or men this this that and the third mm-hmm. but it's like there is a lot of trauma that's built those feelings up to be blocked in 
And I think if you're not communicative about what is going on and what's the root of those problems, you yourself don't even know that you're dealing with trauma or dealing with PTSD or dealing with PTSD in general. You just think, you just don't give a fuck. You're going to smoke your weed, mm-hmm. do this, that, and the third, Take and just go drink. about your, exactly, and go about your day. Whereas uh, we got to learn how to have conversations again. Learn how to really have stimulated things where people feel safe and having safe spaces where people can express themselves because people don't want to, black people don't want to go to um, talk to shrinks. Mm-hmm. They want, they don't want to seek out, you know, professional help and they don't really want to talk about it with their niggas because y'all already been through it. It's something tough to talk about. Mm-hmm. So nobody really wants to talk about it there. You don't want to talk about it with your girl because that's supposed to be something else. So it's like, where do you ever get to relieve that stress? You get to what? Maybe go to the gym, play basketball, football, work out, whatever. That's why I feel like that's why they call it toxic masculinity because yeah. where we always express our feelings. We on the field, we on the court, we fighting, we shooting. That's it. Mm-hmm. It's the only thing that we feel like we comfortable with. And as you're saying, like we can't, you're not really feeling comfortable with our girlfriend saying all this type of stuff. Like most of the times, I'd express my feelings where it's been with a girl mm-hmm. and all that. Somebody around me where. Think I'm fucking soft or something. Like, nah, I done been through some shit. I just wanted, I gotta get this out some type of way. Yeah. I done seen every fucking outcome. I don't want to say nothing wrong or do something wrong where it's like, bam, I end up in this situation. So it's over. Yeah. So certain, like, I'm not gonna lie, I'm not gonna put the blame on y'all, but certain times it's it's really on us. We gotta find out and we gotta be secure with our situation where we be like, all right, we can do it here, we can do it there. Like, I done took the initiative to, um, reach out to a, like a shrink you just said I got a therapist boom I want to talk about all my feelings like everything I done did in my life I just want to feel comfortable with me yeah like, I got to a point where I don't give a fuck about nobody around me I want to talk about my feelings feel comfortable with myself so that I can pursue what I want feel comfortable with what I want in my future and then you just gotta accept me that's it yeah sometimes some people be out here doing mad things just like all right Shorty's like it, I'm gonna do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, my fucking friends like it, I'm gonna do this. My mom like it, I'm gonna do this. Like, you can't relay your life on that. And that's really, that's gonna mess you up, for real, for real. And it's hard. Like, me reaching out to a shrink, for real, for real, yeah. the toughest thing I ever did in my life. I could do anything in my life. I don't care what it is. I'm gonna do it. I take the consequences. I sit there. I'm gonna do anything. But still, when I, when I worked out to that fucking therapist, it was like, I'm starting a new yeah. life. I really sat there. I feel like I'm starting a new life. It was like, man, I'm, I'm See, willing to take all my problems. For me, like, growing up, you know, I had a, I have and still have been still dealing with a lot of anger issues, you know what I mean, from mm-hmm. rooted things in my past or whatever the case may be. But when I was told to go to therapy, the first time was a part of my probation. Mm-hmm. So when I was going to therapy, it was like, like the scared straight therapy to try to make you feel like what you're doing isn't okay and it's like how do you tell somebody as a child or a teenager that just because they got into a fight at school and whooped somebody ass that they going to jail like how does that correlate to self-defense correlate to self-destruction so i think when i was mandated to go to to what i was just like what like I don't want to be here. I don't really like it. And then when I was in there, uh, it's really, I don't want to say repetitive, but it is repetitive, but it's more so like, it kind of makes you feel slow. Like they kind of make you feel like you stupid or something. Like I know what the fuck is going on. I'm just supposed to be here. So ask me, maybe ask me the questions that I'm not understanding. Not ask me why am I angry. I'm angry because this bitch punched me in my face Mm -hmm. so that I whooped her ass. Not, then it wouldn't be, well, and why did that make you feel, it made me feel angry. This is the same question. Like, it's just a a redundant thing just to keep going back and forth. So I think therapists and psychology need to find a way to help cope with black trauma because I feel like it is different from just regular trauma because it's rooted in so many things. You know what I mean? It's already embedded in scientifically proven slavery and the civil rights and stuff like that has physically changed our beings. Whereas we're more prone to different illnesses and sicknesses and diabetes and obesity and 
high cholesterol and stuff like that, that's already in our DNA. But it's also aggravation and quick thoughts and snapping yeah. and, you know what I mean, hypervigilance and stuff like that is stuff that's also in our blood and veins and in our DNA as black people. Because there's not a safe space for us to go. There, We can't go back to Africa. We can't go back, you feel me? We just stuck in a certain cycle of, you always are the underdog. You always, even if you make it to the top, it's still something said to me about you. LeBron, one of the best players in the world. They still tell me to shut him. up and dribble. You him. feel me? Beyonce, one of the most powerful women, and they still telling her she'll never beat Michael Jackson. Or, like, it's just always. Michael Jackson, one of the most, he, uh, oh, now he's a pedophile. It's just always, like, some type of tarnish on your character. Whereas white counterparts, can do the same exact thing and be praised for it, be saluted to the gods for it. So I think people have to understand that black trauma isn't just a poverty-strucking thing. Mm -hmm. It's not just a thing from out the hood. It's throughout your life. You are always ridiculed. You are always based off previous prejudice. You are always biased. You're always... It's just always something else and a cognitation to be, oh, I, you're pretty cool for a black girl. Oh, you're this, this, that for this. Or you're you're so cute for dark skin. Or you're this. You're very intelligent for a black person. You sound I, like a white You sound like a white person. You're so smart. Oh, my God, I thought you were a thought. Your hair is so long. Mm -hmm. I, like, it's just always these little microaggressions really help steer head that racism and that oppression mm -hmm. to the next trauma. level yeah the stereotypes all of that that just makes that trauma even still more relevant where it's like no matter if you're the boss.com if you beyonce or if you just regular jailer from buffalo you still in the same boat when it comes to these white people they don't give a damn who you is so black psychology is something that black psychiatrists have to take more serious mm -hmm. And I think treating the black issue is is a mental issue, but it's also a psychological issue and a physiological issue. So I just think being black has so many things, especially being black in America. And there's so many trials and tribulations we have to go to, but we're built to overcome them. And I think if we don't look inside ourselves to help treat ourselves, then there's no hope for the future for us. How do you think we should end this? Like, it was a good conversation. Yeah. Like, well, like it was a good conversation. It went way better than what I expected. And what I planned. Like, I had a whole time Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was all planned and all that, but still, as we were starting to flow, it was like, it was something that, was, that came from the heart. Yep. And everything that needed to be heard. So, as I say that, how you think we should end this? How you think we should, um, hmm. what you think that'll really sh strike our community right now? If we say our last few words before we end this. Um, I think the black community needs to understand this. That if we do not want better for ourselves and want greater than the lesser of two evils, hmm. then we will never prevail in white supremacy. We will never prevail outside of white supremacy and we will never excel outside of a white agenda and a white America. I think the black community is not only deserving of more, but needs to want more from itself before they ask for anything else from outside. We want reparations for shit that we personally did not go through. Yeah. You feel me? And it's like, how dare we ask for those type of demands from a society that wasn't going to give it to the people who actually went through it? So it's like, we have to start understanding. We got to look out for us just like everybody else look out for them. We got to take care of us and look out for it. And it starts within us. If we're not trying to empower ourselves spiritually and uplift ourselves in that way and then do external things, then we're never going to be right. I can end it off with um, us protecting ourselves. I know it's um, everything in the media been not protecting our women, mm -hmm. black women and all that. Um, 
black women downing our men and all that, saying we ain't shit and stuff. Like we gotta the gender yeah, that's war. Our yeah, the gender war is really between us. It's not really between white women and fucking black men, black right. men and white women. It's not. It's not that. That yeah. shit is really just just brought up because that's tearing us apart. As you can see, it's many cases where it's black men and black women together. They so powerful. Yeah. And I've been in that situation where I've been with a woman. It's like, yo, the the teamwork is crazy. Like I've never even expected this the whole time. Thinking like, all right, all dude, bitches, they cheat. That's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> bitches just cheat a lot. And the whole time, and the cheat. whole time you thinking like, ah, oh, niggas cheat a lot and shit. But we done fucking yeah. taught each other so much stuff. Yeah. Where it's like, all right, we don't want to like leave each other at all. Yeah. We don't. We just want to be friends, if anything. But still, we gotta release. We gotta sit here, like you just said. We gotta protect ourselves. We gotta um, learn from ourselves. Learn within too, because we yeah. both on a journey right now. I can tell you honestly, right now, this shit been heartbreaking. I'm not gonna lie, I lost so many friends, family members. I done cut people off. But it's like I'm finding myself. So I feel, I feel secure. I feel better. I feel confident. Everything like. My whole persona is different. Like everything is really different about me. So this whole journey is like, man, I'm trying to at least if I can't teach myself, I want to teach you. But I know for sure we we black and shit. We want we want proof behind everything we do. Yeah. So I gotta do it myself before I teach you. Yeah. So you gotta make sure it works. Yeah, so it's really like gonna work for the both of us, but but more so I'm gonna have to push on me because end of the day, man. Hey, after we just talk about all this shit, it'll be just deep, man. Going from a certain place to another place, man. This is this is stepping stone. That's it. We both gonna we both gonna excel. We gonna get better. Yeah. Anyway, only thing I really been pushing on, like ever since I started this podcast, is black women, black men. Yeah. I made it sure. I made it like yeah. clear that I don't give a fuck about nobody else but us. Yeah. I can't even lie. And I think too, like to add on what you said, like. The black family, I think rebuilding that structure of having strong black man and a black woman in the yep. house is important to us because I feel like it's been broken down. That's really the key to this whole shit. Like having a stable black family and mm-hmm. black home is really where it starts. Once you have that, everything else will excel because you get to you get to build off of each other. You get to stem off of each other. You get to create so much more because you have that backbone. So wait, shit. I feel like we had a good conversation and all that. We're gonna end this with that. And all right. Hopefully your fans like me. Hopefully my fans like you. They gonna fuck that. with us. Right, they gonna fuck right. with us. All right, y'all. It's your girl Jazzy J from the Hood Ride Chit Chat. Yup, it's K Dot from Motivation to Succeed. Hopefully right. y'all tune in, share, listen, Thanks everything. For listening. Man. Share this joint. We out.